Hey, it's Jason. We do talk about suicide in this episode, which I know can be distressing. So if you need resources or support, go to 988lifeline.org or you can always talk to someone by calling the Suicide in Crisis Lifeline at 988. Please look after yourself. I met a young man in February of 2014 who was a recent graduate of a program that helped young adults who dropped out of high school to get their GED. He didn't look me in the eye the whole time he was in my office and I, I had heard that he was actually quite shy. He had completed the program and he did get his GED. He was even certified as a construction apprentice. We were, we were there to meet and talk about what his next step would be. What was he going to do now that he's accomplished all this? And I gave him some career advice. We talked about creating a resume, so we did. We talked about when he felt out, filled out applications, what he needed to do. And then we talked about interviews because I was sure he was going to get an interview. We didn't spend more than an hour together, but when he left my office, I was very enthusiastic because he left happy. And as he said, thank you, Mr. Jason, for your help and shook my hand, I was just excited to hear about the success that I knew that he would have starting his new career. The following week when I got to the office, my coworker asked me to close the door and to have a seat. She told me that that young man had killed himself over the weekend. And she wanted me to know because she thought that I had scheduled a follow-up appointment with him that same week. I didn't know what to say. I'd never had that before. And I had so many times met with a job seeker looking for career advice. And I replayed the whole thing over my head. Was I robotic? Was was I just trying to get to a an ending? How could I not see the that that maybe in his eyes, maybe in his demeanor? Maybe the fact that he was shy was because he just felt like he didn't have hope. And I started losing hope at the same time as those thoughts went in my head.
This is Rejecting Your Rejection, Episode 4. I have hope. I dedicate this to that young man. His name was Christian. My name is Jason Cancino, and if you're new to my my podcast, welcome. Um, it's kind of an intense story, and, and I I actually recorded it and re-recorded it and re-recorded it about six times, and I, I eventually had to break it up into three different parts so that I could get through each part the way that I wanted to. I still remember meeting Christian and um, I think about him every time I come across a young adult that's looking for work or um, he was a young African-American. So um, every time I come across a, a young African-American male, I, I think about him and um, at times I, I will give myself um the right to cry because I just think about his life and while this is a career a, a website or, or podcast while, while I try to help you in your career and, and things you go through again looking for a job is the seventh most traumatic event that you can go through and uh, losing a loved one is the first. And um, sometimes I, I didn't give myself the time to um, to mourn him like I should have. I didn't even go to his funeral. I felt like I had just met him that one time. And um, But I, I think about him a lot. And um, there was a time that... Um, I wouldn't allow myself to help other people to my full potential because I I felt like I didn't have any hope of helping them. I didn't. I felt hopeless. I mean, how could I help them? What if they're going through a trauma too? And, and I don't know about it, right? What if I ask them? What if, what if I say, what are you going through? Is there anything I should know about? Um, is there any barrier, any barrier to employment that I should know about? If I if I ask all the right questions, and they don't tell me, and something happened, I mean it's hopeless, right? It's what's the what's the point of helping anyone? Because it's just going to come back to that whole thing. So I would reject the idea of helping people, and my definition was, you have no hope. There's there's no hope in you helping them. So why are you doing it? And I, I've told y'all before that I, I help people. I've, I've helped a lot of people with criminal backgrounds before uh, find employment. And I'm very thankful that God did what he did in 2015 um, while I was still being stupid, while I was still kind of not in the right mind at times. And, and I was going through some stuff to, at the same time as well. And um, he put a young man named Bobby into my life. And Bobby was someone that I had helped back in 2011. 
and um, Bobby had a background. It was a felony drug possession. And Bobby's story was that he uh, was, that's when Walmart was doing a lot of buildings. They were building a lot of Walmarts around uh, North Central Texas. And the company that was uh, building it, they were, um, or the company that Walmart had hired to, uh, had contracted out to do the fixtures in all the Walmart stores they were hiring. And on their job description, they said no felonies allowed. So, um, you know, Bobby and I had talked about it and, and Bobby Bobby um, had already applied for the job without even looking at the job description. So when they called Bobby for a job, uh, for an interview, I was laughing because Bobby just didn't even pay attention to it. He just didn't realize that there was no uh, backgrounds allowed for that job. And uh, when Bobby called me, after submitting his employability report, Bobby had said, Mr. Jason, they didn't even ask me about my background. And um, I was ready to answer it. And I said, well, Bobby, did you give him an employability report? And Bobby's like, yeah, I did. And so I was like, well, they already knew about it, dude. They didn't need to hear you talk about it again. And so they hired Bobby. And in 2015, I came across him again. And guess what? Bobby was full-time employed for that company. At the time, he was contract. But uh, at the, when I met him in 2015, he was full-time employed. And... um he said something to me that just kind of resonated and still resonates today. He said, um, what's funny, Mr. Jason is had I looked at that job description, I wouldn't never have applied for it. Um, if I'd seen that part about no backgrounds allowed, I would have thought to myself, I don't have a hope of getting that job. And, um, he goes, I'm thankful because with the help that you gave me and the help and the resource you taught me and, and just the encouragement you gave me, I have hope. And I went into that job that I went to that interview knowing that that was on that job description eventually. And I wasn't worried because I had, I had hope. And I have hope now, Mr. Jason, that if anything happens with this job, I have hope that the help you gave me is going to help me with getting back to work if I need to. And I was very thankful for that meeting. I was very thankful that Bobby had come across and I'd come back into my life at that point. And some of you who have listened to this, you've, you've actually received my help. Some of you know that I've helped you since 2014. So I didn't give up. I didn't, I didn't allow myself to reject helping people. I rejected that rejection that said that I, I'm hopeless. And I, I, I redefined that rejection to say, I know I have hope. And I'm going to find that place, that person that situation where hope not only survives, but it thrives and it grows and it spreads. And I've tried to, to be that hope for people that are in a job search, for people that are looking for 
a job and they say that I've been unemployed since I had to, I had to take time off to go take care of my daughter who was sick. I had to, um, I got fired from my last job. There's no hope in me finding a new job. And I, I hoped myself that I would be that hope for them. And there are a lot of times that I would, I would wake up in the morning before a seminar or a workshop and my prayer was pretty simple. God, please show me something beautiful today. And I would hope to see something beautiful. And when I went to my seminar and I would see people there who, who had a background or who had lost a job or who were just job seekers in general, and you could tell that they were going through that trauma of job searching and going through that transition that I would see just a glimpse of, of hopelessness in their eyes or in the, in the questions they would ask. I had one young lady who asked me, I think I want to say about 15 questions in a seminar because she was so concerned about her background that you could tell that you know, she's like, well, I, I, I don't know how that's going to work because I have this. I, uh, how how would you answer this? How would you do this? How would you? And and I would look and, I, and finally I looked at her and I said, you know what? I have hope that what you're learning today is going to get you that job. And I'm teaching you things that, that I've taught people who had um, multiple offenses. I ha I'm teaching you something that I'm that I uh, helped someone who had double murder in her background get to work. Uh, um, and I'm, I'm teaching a resource that I know myself works. The one trick though, the one thing that makes this work more than anything is that when you turn this in, when you talk about your background, when you go to apply for a job as a job seeker, the trick to using this is, that you have hope in everything that you submit and you know that you'll find that job that hopes out there. And, um, <laughs> and my friend Cheryl and I, we, um, we laugh about it sometimes because she tells me the first time that I met her when she was a job seeker, I made her cry. And it seems like every time that I meet with someone um, that's in that situation, if I really talk to them and share with what God has put in my heart, they tend to cry in situations because I tell them that they have hope. I tell them that they, that, um, that God has put me in a place to help them. And uh, you have a complete stranger that doesn't want anything from you, but just to help you. And so those days that, that I woke up and I prayed and asked to see something beautiful, the beautiful was the, the people that were there asking for help and they were being authentic and they were really wanting some help. So I would tell them that, you know, hey, I just want to let y'all know that my prayer today to God was just to see hope or to see something beautiful. And, um, and, and he brought me here. And I would see people's demeanors change real quick. I would see them realize that in the scheme of everything that they do have hope and there is hope in their job search. There's hope in their relationship. There's hope in their situation.
So today I, I talk about a young man that is, is in my mind. He's always been in my mind. He's, um, I didn't want to use this as a reason to, to try to pull out heartstrings. I didn't want to use this as something that, um, was just a backstory as a prop. I really wanted to understand that I had lost hope at time, a, a time there for, from wanting to help people. I felt like I didn't have any hope whatsoever. And I don't know if you've ever been there where you feel like you have no hope in a situation. You have no hope in a decision. You have no hope in getting a job. But God brought the right person into my life at that time. And then he wrapped around hugs from my brother, from my niece, from my, from my children, of course, uh, from my loved ones. And, and, and reminded me that I had, I had something he wanted me to do. And so I kept going forward. And as recently as even this month, I've, I've offered encouragement to someone just to let them understand that I don't want anything in return from you. I just want you to know that there is hope for you in this um, transition you're going through. And I want you to know if you're listening to this and, and you've ever had that thought that I'm in this situation, there's no hope. If you've ever applied for a job and thought to yourself, um, I don't know why I'm applying for it. There's no hope I'm going to get it. If you've ever been in a situation or been in a relationship where you said, there's no hope in this, why am I staying here? Or why can't I stay here? I encourage you just to look up. Look up and, and feel a, a nice sun, a ray of sun shine on your face and, and, and watch as God hugs you and just just say to yourself, I have hope. I have hope. And as you get ready to turn in that resume that you've double checked 10, 15, 20 times before you turn it in. Before you turn it in, say, I have hope and turn this in. Before you reach out to that person in your life that you haven't talked to in a while or that y'all went estranged and God put on, put them on your heart to talk to. To say, I have hope that there's a reason why I'm, I'm reaching out to them. And just know that if you ever just need to talk, if you ever just, you know, want to share a chat with me, by all means, connect with me. I'd be happy to connect with you. Um, I'm in a situation right now where at first I, I thought that I was stuck there, but the truth is I chose to be here and I'm choosing to be here and I'll be here for a while, but it's not going to be my situation has changed. It's going to be my attitude about it. And I'm going to always look for it in a very hopeful manner saying that I, I hope that me being here um, is going to make a difference with me being here. And I'm thankful for the people that I get to still talk to in my job. I'm thankful for the people that I get to talk to and meet you know, just through LinkedIn and through 
connections. I've had people that have referred to me and, and I want to let you know if you ever referred to me or if you ever talked to me, you're not wasting my time. If you need to talk or if you want, if, if you want someone to remind you that you have hope, I'd be happy to do that. In 2020, when the pandemic hit, my only thought was to take care of the people in that office after I knew that my daughter was safe and I, and I had had some contact with my son in the Navy and my other daughter, I knew that she was safe with her husband and, and, and my grandchild. But when it came to work, I wanted to make sure that the people in my office were safe. I wanted to make sure that they had what they needed. And I wanted to make sure that they knew that every day that as long as it took, we were going to get through it together, that I had hoped that we were going to get through it together. And, um, we can't, we all came across something we had never come across before. And I, I talked to a young man, um, during that time over a zoom call. And that's when zoom was very, very new and very, very, um, I was not as learned, I learned, a learned, uh, a learner, the student, an expert, whatever you want to call me. I wasn't familiar with, I'm not going to try to sound smart. I was not familiar with zoom. Like I am now, like right now, zoom and I are buds. But back at that time, you know, I had someone that, um, the young man that was applying for a program and looking for help with paying his rent because he was laid off. And uh, he had come and he had no idea how he was going to get things to us. He didn't have a way to scan things. He didn't have a way to get the documents to us. And he felt like it was hopeless. You know, I, everything's closed, Jason. I, I can't even go to, you know, um, office depot or someplace like that and, and fax over to you or, or scan it and email it to you. I don't know how I'm going to get what you need to you. And, uh, I was like, well, dude, I can, I can meet you at my office. You can stay in your car. I can come to your window. At the time we didn't know how COVID worked, but I said, I can come to your window. I'll have gloves on. I'll pick up the documents that I need from you, go inside, make a copy and come back out with your originals. And, um, we can get this done. And he just kind of got quiet. And I said, I hope that helps. And he said, man, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't think that we'd be able to do this. And I said, well, let's do it. I have hoped that we can do this and get it done and get you, get and get you some services that you say you need. So he came to my office and it was really funny because he parked in front of my office and he was the only car out there at the time because nobody was really traveling in 2020. It was around, it was the late March that we were doing this and, um, he just said, thank you. He said, thank you. And, um, he couldn't tell, but I, I told him, I said, you can't tell, but I'm smiling at you right now. <laughs> and, uh, he said he could hear my voice that, that I was smiling. And, um, I get that. 
I get that. I hope that if you need help and if you don't feel comfortable talking to me or or to love them, please know, like I said at the beginning of this episode, that there is help through the Suicide and Crisis Hotline that's out there. And you can get online and find that at 988lifeline.org. Or you can just dial... 988 on your phone to talk to someone. This is a little bit heavy, but this is the episode that, that was put on my heart. And, and I'm not going to fight what's put on my heart for this. I have hope. I have hope in what it is we're going to do. I have hope that this is going to reach the right person. And that... um my desire to record and re-record and get just the right message that I wanted to regarding Christian, that um, I have hope that it's going to make a difference to someone. I want to thank everyone who has contacted me about the podcast, and I'm looking forward to the podcast and, and I'm just given these episodes, I, I feel like for me, it does make a difference. Like even talking, telling this story, I, don't, I, I know I've never told anyone this story about Christian before. Um, aside from maybe my brother or my niece, and I can't remember if I told them about it, but I have hope that, that I'm, I'm recording this for a reason for someone out there who's telling themselves that I, I I just feel hopeless. I feel like there's no hope. Let me help you by just simply saying you have hope. I want to thank um, Jonah Copeland again for the music that we use at the end of this, Jonah, that was incredible that you were able to just pick up your guitar and just put that out there for me. I really do appreciate you doing that for me. The music that we listened to today was an underscore called Un Unfolding by Allison Winter. And I am, I've been Jason Cantino and I am, I call myself a career wellness expert, but I'm just a helper. I, I'm someone that's just there to help you. If you need help in any part of your career to help with uh, understanding the workplace or the, or the workforce, um, please reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can email me at imjason at gmail.com. But I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you for your time today. Again, I want to thank Jonah um, for the wonderful music that we're playing out to right now. This has been episode four. I have hope. Thank you for listening. I hope you get out there and help somebody today.